Good morning and welcome. Thank you for joining us today on this second Sunday of uh, 2021. Um, we are so excited that you've joined us today and we pray that you're blessed as we get ready to dive into the message. Um, as we said last week, we are starting a new series this week, which I am really pumped to start, and it's called Transformed. And I'm excited to see how God's going to speak to you and what God's going to do and how he's going to move and how he's going to touch each and every single one of us um, as we go on this journey of understanding what it means to be transformed and transformed in a practical, reasonable, and applicable way. I say that because it doesn't make sense to talk about being transformed in this huge theological or philosophical or big biblical terms or sense if you're unable to break it down and apply it to your life today. That's always one of my goals. I want you to walk away with something that you could begin to apply today. And our goal is that once our time has come to an end as we voyage through this entire series, you'll be able to look at your life and begin to see real, long-lasting transformation, transformation in all aspects of your life. Over the next several weeks, we'll be focusing on uh, transforming your heart, your soul, your body, your relationships, your community, and your church. For today, what we're going to just do is kind of some intro work, lay the groundwork, so to speak, create a foundation. And what does it look like for us to begin this process of transformation? Um, I, I'm I'm really big on this. And when you start something um, and how you start something rather is always indicative or an indication of how things will go in the process and what the final product might look like. If things start out really bumpy, chances are as much of us as many of us do know, uh, the road will often be bumpy. And if things start out a little bit more clue, uh, clear or smooth in the beginning, there's a higher likelihood that the process uh, will be smoother. There'll be smoother sailings as we approach the goal. And in 2021, transformed is a great place to start for many, many reasons. Um, a, a year that is already, for lack of a better word, started off with a bang. Um, and in the beginning of year of, uh, of most years, most people are setting their goals and vision boards and whatever. I don't know about you, but uh, guys, I I tend to set a lot of goals uh, for my family life, for my health, for my spiritual life, for my relationships, for my financial life. I set a lot of goals in the beginning of the year. That's just part of my process. And many of you are doing that right now. And how many of us get really excited at the prospect of reaching the goal? We get so excited that I know for myself sometimes I can get fixated on the goal itself and forget about the process. And for a lot of us that are here today, it's easy for us to get fixated on the goal of being transformed and undervaluing the process. And while I've learned for myself to enjoy the process, right? Enjoy the road, enjoy the journey. I'll be honest, I'll keep it a stack. I still struggle sometimes because I just want to get to the finish line. And today we'll look briefly at the finish line. We've looked at it already a little bit in our text, but I want to take a look at the, the process to get there. As I stated earlier, being transformed holistically as a Christian means that all areas of our lives 
will be changed. And the root of that transformation, I'll say it clearly, that root of the transformation is a profound, deep relationship with Jesus Christ. One where you're in communion with him and in communication with the Holy Spirit, and he's able through the Holy Spirit to pinpoint the areas of your life that are in need of change and transformation. And while we will take a, we, we take a look at this new person and at the culmination of seven weeks, we'll have a beautiful idea of what that looks like. We must be willing to look at the steps to get there. There's a process. And this is what we call today, the title of our message, A View of the New. Since we've already read our main text, Colossians 3, verse 1 through 10, and it gave us a glimpse of what a transform or a new self, a new life looks like, Let's set the stage and let's just jump right into it. One of the things that I I read when I was reading the text for myself, and I've read this text over and over again, and and I've always been sat sat with this question of, oof, this is a journey to get here. Like, this is a lot. Look at all the things that it's asking you to do to put on a new self, Um, the things to put aside and how your mind should be, what your body should be like, what your heart should be like, and all these things. It's it's a journey. It seems really difficult. And I don't know about you, but uh, if you've ever engaged on any journey of transformation, that road is, is, is long and hard. Let's take a look at the simplest one, right? How many of us have tried to get in shape and get fit or lose a couple pounds or even gain a couple pounds? And we expect for that to happen very, very quickly, right? We want for it to happen quickly. And we jump when we lose the first couple of pounds or we gain the first couple of pounds or lose the first couple of inches. And we get really, really excited because we think we're going to meet our goal very quickly. And then we realize that at some point, things start to really slow down or even come to a stop. It doesn't work as well, right? The transformation that we expect slows down, right? And it requires a lot of intentionality and thought and energy and consistency. And we get discouraged because it didn't happen immediately. Brings us to the first point for today. Y'all, transformation is not instantaneous. It is a marathon, not a sprint. We often live our lives under the conception that change must be immediate. If our lives are going to be changed, if if, if our lives are going to be changed, the change that needs to happen needs to be full and complete. Now, y'all, we are, we're a microwave generation. I don't care what anybody says, right? The fact that, look, I mean, think about it. Uh, remember when you were growing up and you needed to buy something? You had to plan a trip to the mall, figure out this, figure out that, to the grocery store, to wherever it is. You had to go go there, buy it, purchase it. If they didn't have it, you had to put a pre-order. That pre-order could have taken anywhere from five to 14 business days. And you got to go back and pick it up, blah, blah, blah. Now, literally, it's with the, like, literally, you, boop, Amazon Prime, baby. And sometimes Amazon Prime might have what you need and have it delivered right to your door. Like, literally, the same day. Um, I know I've used Amazon Prime a lot. I'm sure all of you guys have over there, right? But that's, there's a sense of instant gratification. I need it now. I get it now. We want our rewards and we want what we desire, when we want it, how we want it, at the time that we want it. And for a lot of us, if the change isn't instantaneous in our lives, then we no longer desire it. 
If the weight loss isn't instantaneous, then we don't want it. If the message that pastor preaches doesn't touch us immediately and change us, we don't want to hear it. If the therapist doesn't fix the challenges in our lives within the first few sessions, we don't want to see that therapist anymore. If our significant other doesn't meet our expectations on or around the first few months, then the relationship seems meaningless. Y'all, change is not an instantaneous process. And while sometimes it can occur in the period that we designate and we pre-designated in our mind, most often than not, uh, transformation requires time. In the work that I do in working in the city of Newark, Uh, We're focused on healing, the healing of people groups and trauma that populations have sustained over history and uh, in the past and in the future, in the current present with the hopes of bringing healing towards those people groups and populations in the future. And in those communities, many times there's a large swath of people that agree we need change now. Right. Like I agree. We need change now. Even looking at where things are and looking at our country, right? Even as, as things are currently, we need change now. The issue is oftentimes people want to see extreme amounts or levels of change immediately. And when that change doesn't happen their way, they get frustrated. They get angry. They get resilient. It doesn't matter what change, what change you want to see, whether it's you want to see uh, the stopping of social injustice or you want to see your road fixed and cleaned up and able for your car to drive on. You want to see that change here and now. And when you don't see it, it frustrates you. But there's always a contingent of folks right in this work that we do There's a contingent of folks who are willing to put in two aspects to see transformation happen. Energy and time. I'm reminded of the late Nipsey Hussle. As an entertainer, an activist, and an entrepreneur, he was dedicated to the transformation of his people in his neighborhood of Crenshaw in South LA. Um, And Nipsey Hussle, unfortunately, uh, lost his life to senseless violence. And uh, one of the things that we grabbed from Nipsey was the slogan. Uh, He he was popular for it, this slogan that he was popular for um, during his lifetime. And it became even more popular after his untimely passing. It's the marathon continues. Now, if you've ever ran a marathon, you know what that is like. There's a difference between... Long distance and short distance running. Long distance running, you put out this energy and you fly. And before you know it, it's done. Comes to an end. But long distance running, a marathon, requires pacing, sustained energy, commitment, and focus. You see, the understanding of the road to transformation is a longitudinal one that requires energy, commitment, and time. And God's transformation in your life also requires your energy, your commitment, and your time. 
One of the most popular and honestly, one of my favorite examples of transformation in the Bible is with Jacob. And if you've walked with me before, I have preached on Jacob and the path that he traveled. Jacob is one has one of the most phenomenal stories in all of scripture. And when we first meet Jacob in chapter 25, he is recognized and identified by human beings as the supplanter because he's grabbing his name actually means the one who supplants. He's grabbing his older twin brother's heel on his way out of his mother's womb. And to understand what supplanter means, it's one who tricks or undermines. And by the time we get to the apex of his journey in chapter 37 of Genesis, he is transformed. His name is Israel and his identity lays the foundation for the people of Israel because he was the father of the 12 tribes of Israel. But in between those two points, stay with me, somebody. In between those two points span decades where there were little pinpoints that were in between points that God placed in order to push Jacob on his path of transformation, points of struggle. Points of, 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 of even chaos, points of contemplation, points of worry, points of getting down and dirty that led to his eventual transformation. Jacob's journey was, in the words of Nipsey, a marathon, not a sprint. Your journey of transformation, this new you, this view that we're looking at, it requires your energy, commitment, and time. And it's not going to happen overnight. Ready yourself for a marathon. Ready yourself to get down and dirty in the trenches. Ready yourself to, 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 to be real and vulnerable with what God puts in front of you. Ready yourself to put forth energy and be committed to the process. Ready yourself to pace yourself at the speed that God has taken you on. This is why I say that. Anything that is done too quickly, oftentimes, lacks permanence. My wife often gets at me uh, at times. Uh, I can do chores and this, this, and that. And she, her, her thing is always... Hey, take your time and get it right the first time. And I tend to do really do things well, but there are times where because I want to get to point A and point B very quickly, I can miss the process and mess it up. Lose some steps. Put energy where it doesn't belong. Can you prepare yourself for a marathon this morning? I say that to you because as we go on and move forward, transformation must be permanent. Now, you're saying to yourself, Lionel, this is straightforward. It sounds pretty obvious, Captain Obvious, but it's not as clear cut as it sounds. Let's take a look at us really quickly. Because of the nature of life and humanity, nothing is ever really static, right? You can be in one place of comfort or one place of being for quite a long time, but guaranteed just because life ebbs and flows, there will be change and there will be movement. Our life is kinetic. It does not stay in place. 
Nothing stays the same for quite too long. We vacillate and fluctuate depending on where we are, who we are, what's occurring in front of us, and who's surrounding us. And while this is understandable under most circumstances and is expected and even appropriate, where we were, uh, what happens and where we run into issue is when this wavering impacts, this, this wavering impacts our ability to be grounded. You see, true transformation, when it happens, means that there is a consistent observable change in your functioning. Let me say that again. When there's true change in your life, there is something that you can either see or feel, and it is consistent over a long period of time, right? You can't say that I'm going to do this and you start doing thing A and then you change and move to thing B and then go back to thing A and jump to thing C. There's no true transformation. You're waffling. You're waving. You're being thrown to the left and to the right. But when you truly transformed, you are rooted in your character. You are rooted in who you are. You are consistent no matter what happens. It means that your state of being doesn't change because of where you are or who surrounds you. When I was growing up, I was obsessed with the term metamorphosis. Um, I loved, I'm going to share this a little bit. I, I love Power Rangers. I really loved Power Rangers growing up. Um, so much so that it got me in some trouble. I ain't going to get into it right now because it's going to make you laugh. And then you're going to ask my mom and dad questions. But I'll just say, Power Rangers made me break 14 windows growing up. Shh. Don't judge me, please. Don't judge me. Um, but what I loved about Power Rangers was the fact that they were able to shift and morph into something more powerful. I was also obsessed with any sort of metamorphosis that happened in nature. And if you know an animal that is really famous for metamorphosis, it is the butterfly. You guessed it. And I, I want to don't go out. I don't want to go the cliche route that's that we often go through where it's like you need to change and God's going to change you into this beautiful butterfly. Yes. Right. We, we believe that we honor that and we want for God to transform us. But I want to take a look at something specific here. When the butterfly changes, it doesn't refer ba revert back to a caterpillar based off of its situation. Let me further expound. Have you ever thought what happens to animals when it rains? I know, random question, but hear me out. Where do they go? Especially bugs. Where the heck do bugs go when, when it rains outside? And uh, and thinking of a caterpillar with those, um, excuse me, thinking of a butterfly with those long, soft, big wings, a rainstorm must be a pretty big deal for a butterfly. That butterfly has to take shelter from the rain. Because of its new state of being, it no longer engages with nature as it did when it was a caterpillar. You see, a caterpillar can be mobile in the rain. I, I love Discovery Channel. I love National Geographic. I've watched all these documentaries. You've seen the caterpillar just, I know y'all like that. That's funny. You've seen the caterpillar just inching itself in the rain, like with the water droplets, with that slow cinematic, 
blah, la, 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 la. And the caterpillar runs and walks itself across the bush into, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The caterpillar can move and be mobile and functional in the rain. Meanwhile, the butterfly needs to find shelter. But the caterpillar, the state of being a caterpillar, isn't that creature's final form. And in becoming a butterfly, it elevates to a newer, better, more elegant and glorious form. And in that new form is permanence. And it comes with a new way of navigating through the world. Now, I'm not sure if, if butterflies have the ability, ability to have long-term memory. But let's just imagine, humor me. What if the butterfly remembers? Does it ever say to itself, can I revert back to being a caterpillar? Now, I would submit to you that it doesn't. It. it must fully accept its state of transformation and be grounded in its identity as being a butterfly. Now, obviously, I'm talking about an animal. I'm talking about a creature here. Let's bring it back to us. We, too, as Christians, undergo metamorphosis. Second Corinthians says we are being changed Transform, listen, y'all, transformed to become more and more like Christ so that we have, just like the butterfly, more and more glory. And that glory comes from the Lord, who is the Holy Spirit. I love what 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 the living Bible translation, how it translates Colossians three, verse 10. It says, you are living a brand new kind of life. Listen. You are living a brand new kind of life, which means you had an old life that you no longer possess and you've been given a new life. You've undergone a metamorphosis, a transformation, continuing that is continually learning more and more of what is right and constantly trying to be more and more like Christ who created this new life within you. Listen, y'all. Continually learning more and more of what it means to be right or what is right and constantly trying to be more like Christ. You see, unlike butterflies, humans have the ability to think and function at a deep level. A butterfly will never Think about what it was like to be a caterpillar, even in the midst of a storm or rain. However, we, in our ability to think and process, we easily get caught up in what we've known or what we've been used to. You see, most Christians struggle with true, authentic transformation because they struggle with learning more and more of what is right. Yes, when you accept Jesus Christ into your heart, he has made you new into a new creation. As we see in Roman, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. But there are times when it feels easier to revert back to the old ways of thinking and the old ways of doing. Because when times get hard, we find comfort, peace, and familiarity in those things. But in order 
for this process to be firmly founded in order for transformation to truly occur, we must learn to accept or learn more of what it means to be like Christ. And that only happens through the power of his Holy Spirit, which we are going to touch on in a couple of seconds. Y'all, the change that you're looking for has to be permanent. Too often us believers waffle because we're in certain situations, we're in certain groups, we're with certain people, we're impacted by the state of our, 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 our impacted by the state of our society or the culture. Y'all, we gotta be like the house built on solid ground. A house that is firm in its foundation, that is truly, that was truly created to be strong and not be moved. Because if we bounce around and get changed by this and by that, what happens is even though we've been created in Christ, that flesh, as it said in Colossians 3, takes over and we can get stuck in old habit, stuck in old ways, stuck in the previous ways that we've been doing things and not live out this life that we've been empowered to live by the Holy Spirit through the blood of Jesus Christ, to be new creatures, new creations in him. Transformation must be permanent. I challenge you this morning to think and say to yourself, this transformation this time around, it's going to be permanent. Say that this transformation is going to be permanent. And finally, transformation requires all of you. Mm. It requires all of you and not some of you. Hey, we can be really particular if we're going to be honest with ourselves. We can be picky people at times. We can be set in our ways. Uh, I confess, I can sometimes get set in my ways. Sorry, I, I struggle with it. I'm doing my best that I can. I'm sorry, my dear wife. Uh, I apologize. She, uh, God's still working on me, and she's a trooper. Because I can get stuck in, I can get stuck in what I want to do, or stuck in what the way I think. And while sometimes it's okay, it often lends itself to be problematic. Because it means that when there are when the time comes for change, we put up fights about what needs to change. Mm, think about yourself as we go deeper. Let's use this example. Have you ever been to the doctor and they tell you, okay, so you're doing all right, but in order for you to be where your health needs to be, per your diet, your 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 uh demographics and per what I've what I've I've understood today, you have to fill in the blank. And that blank is something that you want to don't want to give up. Y'all, I love sugar. Love sugar. And thankfully, my sugar is always at a healthy level. But the day the doctor says, you got to eat less sugar, I'm going to be like, you're not my doctor anymore. Now find somebody else. Right? Or... I'll explain to the doctor, well, this is the reason why my sugar's high today, but don't worry about it. How, many, how about you? How many times have you come up with something in your brain that in order for you to undergo a change, you fought against because it's not what you wanted to do? You rationalize. You compensate. You minimize. We become so attached to certain things. We become so attached to certain ways of living, choices, habits, that when it's required for us to give it up, we rationalize with God. 
No, God, this has worked for me for so long. And, and, and God, you don't understand what my studies have taught me, God, is that this is the way that it works. Oh, or we compensate. Okay, God, you know what? Um, I can't give you this, but I can give you something else. I'll try harder here, God. I, if I try harder here, like this should make up for me not wanting to give it to you up here. Or we minimize, Lord, it's not that big of a deal. It's just small. This is just a little thing. Look at all the other things that I'm doing. And instead, we make exchanges and excuses instead of submitting. We only exchange or change portions of who we are because we have already determined in our brain the pieces of us that are worth keeping and the pieces of us that are worth changing. And because transformation in other lives, uh, in other areas of our lives can feel too hard, feel too demanding, feel too limiting, feel too revealing, feel too scary. We give some of us and not all of us. But y'all, transformation only occurs when we are ready to give up the things that we have grown attached to. And in order for things to change, and in those times, in order for things to change, we must give it up. And in those times, we may actually begin to struggle. There may be a struggle that occurs when it comes time for us to give up, all of us. Y'all, let's go back to the story of Jacob really quickly. And we're, we're zooming through Jacob, right? So right now we're in Genesis chapter 32. And Jacob is at a pivotal moment in his life, a moment where he can make a change for the better or for the worse. He's literally in the wilderness and literally at a crossroads. And Jacob is journeying with his family and loved ones and all of his possessions. And the Bible tells us midway through the chapter that uh, that that they come to a stop and then Jacob leaves everything behind. And after he leaves everything behind and he's by himself and he's dealt, he has to deal with the reality of who he really is. He begins to wrestle with God and that wrestle, that struggle with God inevitably leads to the transformation of his identity from the inside out. His name is changed at that, at that moment. The, the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 32 that God says to him, no longer will you be called Jacob, but your name shall be Israel for you will be the father of many. Jacob left everything, relinquished everything, walked away from everything, even for that brief moment. And in that moment, he gave himself Total, he gave God total access to himself where God was able to wrestle with who he was and change him. Total transformation requires total access. Mm. Let me say that one more time. And this is for somebody that's listening this morning. Total transformation of your being requires total access to who you are. In order for you to experience total transformation, you must be willing to give God everything so that he can work in you. And this goes back to what we said earlier. Giving God your all or giving God all of you does not mean that he will immediately change all of you. So listen, you give God everything, right? You relinquish everything, but it doesn't mean that he's going to change everything, boom, from the inside out. Because if we read the rest of Jacob's story, that after God changes his name, there's still another part of his journey. It's not done yet. And let me tell you, 
When you give God everything, he may possess and hold it all, but it doesn't mean that everything changes. But what it does mean is that God has access, access to every little part of you. And with that access in his perfect timing, he can slowly but surely change your life. This reminds me of a personal trainer. If you've ever had a personal trainer before, you know that signing up is the hardest part. Paying that money and saying, I'm going to do this, that's the hardest part because you are kind of nervous. I don't know what he's going to do. I don't know what she's going to do. I don't know what they're going to do to me. Are they going to make me change? Are they going to make me do this or do that? Will I have to stop doing things or will my life lifestyle completely change? And the truth is, when you when you sign up for that training, you give yourself over to the trainer and say, hey, remake me. Make me over. Your life isn't changed the moment that you sign up with the trainer. And the moment you start working with the trainer, your life doesn't immediately flip. But they begin to target different parts of your body, part by part, muscle by muscle, area by area, and begin to change you. They begin to target different levels of your diet or different areas of your diet and change it bit by bit. They begin to look at and understand and change little areas of your mindset, thought by thought. And before you know it, you begin to see yourself experience long-lasting, healthy change. But what it required was for you to give yourself. The one thing that a trainer needs is that you show up and give it everything you got. The Holy Spirit is kind of like that trainer. He has an all or nothing mentality. He needs to know that he has access to all of you, even if he's working on you bit by bit. See, he needs your permission so that he can begin to whisper to you, hey, now that you let me in, see this area? It needs some work. Let's change this together. Or, ah, ah, ah. I see an area of your life that needs some tweaking. Let's give it a go. He wants it all, not some, not most, but all. There's so, so much more to transformation and today we've barely scratched the surface. I'm so excited to get deeper in this. But what I'm encouraging for everyone listening today is to keep your mind on one thing, to trust the process of transformation. Philippians 1 verse 6 says, God began a good work in you, and I am sure that he will carry it out until it is completed. Y'all, If as we begin this journey of transformation, I am certain if you go before the throne of grace and you ask for God, to begin to transform you, he is going to start the work and finish it. But at times, you may not feel that that transformation is happening. This is where I encourage you to trust the process. Trust that this God, through the power of his Holy Spirit, will begin to change and morph you, morph the different parts of your life, And slowly but surely, 
change the way that you look so that, as his word says, you begin to look more like Christ. Maybe there are some of you today that are intrigued by what we've shared. And this aspect of being transformed sounds exciting. You want to be changed. Maybe you don't know who Jesus is. Well, I, I want to point out to you the first step of transformation is having a relationship with Jesus Christ. See, ultimately, the view of the new, this new that we are talking about, it's really Jesus. Our goal is to live like he lived. And this Jesus gives us the ability to do so. But in order for that to happen, we must first understand that we need him. We need him to forgive us of our sins and our mistakes. The Bible says that we have all fallen short of God's glory because of sin. But if we believe in Jesus, God's one and only son, we can be restored into relationship with God the Father and have everlasting life. If you are in the place this morning where you want to be, you want to be and know Jesus and be transformed into a new creature, I urge you to join me in prayer. Or if you are in a place where you have known Jesus and you need to renew your life and resume your journey of transformation, I also urge you to join us in prayer. Let's go before the throne of grace. Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to be transformed. We thank you that you've given us just a small glimpse of the process of a view at the new. But God, today, we want to make sure that we are on the right path and right step. Father, there are some of us today that want a new life in you. So, Father God, we pray and we go before you and we admit that we're messed up, that we are sinners, and that we've made mistakes. Father, we admit that without you, we're, we're destined to live a life of separation, of pain, and ultimately be separated from you in eternity, uh, in eternity when we cross over. But Father, we also believe that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to die. That you sent him, Father God, to bear the weight and the punishment of the sin that we really deserved. We believe that your son shed his blood and that his body was broken so that we can be restored unto you. We believe that, Lord, he died and he rose again. He rose again and had power over sin, power over death. And with that power, Father God, if we believe in him, we can walk with you. Today, Father God, we commit our lives to you. We commit our lives to you knowing that you will make us brand new, that by the blood of Jesus, that you will wash away all our sins and make us white as snow, that we can be transformed even now. Father, we thank you. And Lord, for those of us that already know you but are in need of renewal, Father God, we come before you and we say, Father, make us over. Renew us. Restore us. Revive us. Cleanse us. And make us pure in your sight. Transform us bit by bit, portion by portion, so that we can look more like Jesus and less like ourselves. We thank you. We praise you and we honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.